Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, let's uh, go for a little trot. I welcome to running commentary in place of Paul Tonkinson, Neil Russell. Welcome, Neil, to the show. Thank you for inviting me. I have to say, before we get to all the, you know, uh, your story and what where we're running and what you're doing next and everything, you set off at a pretty reasonable pace there. I don't know. Oh, if I can, uh, <laughs> don't know if I can sustain this for for the length of a run of the chat. Uh, and uh, but I'll give it a go. So uh, um, we're in Hyde Park, and Neil's come to uh, run with me to basically bring me up to date on what is essentially a pretty exciting story. But also, you're not even supposed to be running today, are you? No, I did uh, a long weekend of running, and my coaches allocated Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday as. Uh, Rest days, and yet here we are. Because to give you the uh, the overview, Neil is in final final week's training, I think, for um, uh, a juggle, which is John O'Groats to Land's End. Yes. So when do you when do you when does it actually start? Uh, well, the the training started back in October October the first. Yeah. But uh, I actually leave John O'Groats. July the 18th. So that's uh, that's about three weeks away now. Yeah? Three weeks, yeah. Brilliant. And, so are you tapering? You're actually winding down your mileage a little bit this I've last couple of weeks. Well, my coach sends me a weekly plan at the beginning of each week. Yeah. And I don't really know what I'm doing until I get that plan. I see. But I should should know when I get home. This evening, what it is, but I think there's a very low mileage weekend. That's a couple of five milers Saturday and five miles on Sunday. Yeah, and then next weekend will probably be, I'm guessing, 15 or so Saturday and 15 Sunday. Right, and then. So it's not a taper by the standards of someone training for a marathon, but less mileage than maybe you've been doing. I mean, you think you was in the last few weeks you've been what, 85, 90 miles a week? Well, in four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this weekend, 
I covered 85 miles. <laughs> and uh, I actually knew before we started recording that Neil had done 85 miles. I didn't know it was in four days. Yeah. That's uh, impressive. <laughs> and then when you do the run itself, that's what, something like, I don't know, 200 miles a week? Well, I'll be doing, without rest, 34 back-to-back marathons. Yeah. And uh, my calculation is that that's about 200 miles a week. Yeah. For four days. Yeah. And uh, the problem I've had is, as a runner, yep. you are always trying to run faster. Yes. Break a record or beat someone else or just go quicker and quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my whole jog all experience has been about running slow. Yeah. And uh, holding it back. Holding it back instinctively. I suppose what you're trying very hard to do is to avoid uh, injury and indeed not just injury from pulling something or falling down, but just from injury from, you know, repetitive use. Yes. Although, as we were saying earlier, I don't want to tempt fate. No. But I've been relatively injury free. And uh, yeah, we need to. No, I take a little detour to touch some wood. I'm going to go around and touch this tree as we pass it for uh, purely superstitious reasons. There you go. All oh, right, okay. I'll touch some wood for you there. So, yeah, you've been injury free, free they say you've been training since October. Uh, not entirely without aches and pains, just nothing that's taken you out of commission. Is that true? Yeah, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with you. Let's go this way. Sorry, I didn't know where I was going there. I hope we don't get lost like that on the actual. Uh, Juggle. <laughs> well, then sort of joking aside, that is a, a little issue for me. I, when I embarked on the route planning, I tried to avoid all the major conurbations yes. for fear of getting lost. Yeah, right. Uh, the only one I wasn't able to avoid was Glasgow. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> I don't know whether I dropped something. Sorry. I don't think so. I think we clipped a little bit. Oh, was it just clipped something? Oh, sorry. Yep. Have I messed this up? No, that's okay. Just uh, mind that wire. I'll just check it. Just have a momentary check. Sorry to stop running. That looks okay. That looks good where it's sitting. Just speak a moment. Hello, one, two, three. Yeah, that seems absolutely fine. Yeah, I think we just caught some debris on the ground. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's nothing down there. Is my pace okay? It's good. I mean, it's, it's impressive. I, I, can, I can keep up. <laughs> good. Sorry, I wasn't But are you to going to... No, no, I like it. I think it's... I just think it's a talking point, the uh, marvellous, um, you know, basically the pace you're making here. If this is the pace you're going to run from John no. McGrath to Land's End, it shouldn't take, shouldn't take too long. No, I'd like to... Let's sort of right Yes, so... So you've got to make your way through Glasgow. To Glasgow, and for quite a while it was beginning to worry me, the whole aspect of one getting lost. Yes. My tendency to fall over Mm -hmm. curbs, buses and traffic and hustle and bustle of lots and lots of people and crowds and whatever. Yes. And then I thought, well, I'll contact the local running club and ask if there was anyone who had a marathon in their legs who'd be kind enough to run with me. Yeah. As my sort of 
guardian angel. Very nice. And uh, very nice chap. And uh, I hope I can pronounce his surname. Brian Mulgrew. Oh, yeah. Uh, who is more than capable of doing the distance. He's a sub three-hour marathon runner. Oh, brilliant. And I hasten to add, I will not be running <laughs> at sub three-hour marathon pace. I'm very pleased to hear that. Because so, that sounds ambitious. So he's going to help me get through Glasgow. And that's a fantastic weight off my shoulders. Yeah. Uh, my Parkinson's. I was just going to say, you were saying about your tendency to fall over. Regular listeners to running commentary have heard me fall over a few times recently, but it's not just a habit. It's, it's a Parkinson's-related thing, isn't the it? The best of us can fall. Yeah. Even the best athletes. But uh, I, uh, it's sometimes more prone to fall when I'm fatigued, tired. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what really is a big issue for me, these roots that grow out of the ground. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Little kind of surprise ridges yeah. across the, yeah. And um, I think you're right also, again, I haven't got Parkinson's, but I do find the more fatigued one is, the more uh, but prone, you know, the more uh, sub, what's the word I'm looking for? The more- Subject. Yeah, the more just, you're likely, it's likely to happen. And I did that in the virtual London Marathon tripped over the tiniest thing in the road because I wasn't picking my feet up as much as I had been early on. Yeah. So, uh, and it's, watch out, and it's falling over something that you've factored in. I mean, it's something that's sort of, oh, it's a regular no, shadow of a doubt. Across here. Way, it's not me being negative. It's a fact. I will fall over. Yeah, yeah. You know. And you said you've been without injury. Does that include... Bumps and bruises and scrapes. No, that doesn't include that. We'll keep off the horses bit and go on the nice bit yeah. on the edge. That's good. I've managed to run us off the tarmac path and onto the horses um, sandy path. So sorry about that. As <laughs> listeners should know that even as we talk about challenging surfaces and potential for falling over, particularly for Neil, I'm taking us on a kind of assault course of surfaces, which seems a bit of a shame. But there we are. Should be able to pick up a steady route if we go that way. So, well, this is an absolute godsend for me. This running on flat, yeah, on a flat surface. So, all your training has been in the country. You're what in the Cotswolds? I'm from the Cotswolds. Yeah, and I mean it's not as hilly as some some counties. Yeah, but it's got its fair share of quite significant hills. Yeah, and my coach is is very hot on hill reps. Yeah, right. And as much as, I dis- as much as I dislike them, turn right here when this they, they are... Let's go this way. Sorry. <laughs> That's the main road through the middle. It's covered in speed bumps, which I... Yeah, they're another little uh, <laughs> villain in the runner's... Yeah, I re- that is... Uh, morning, my father. That is a... Uh, Speed bumps, when the speed bumps are the same colour as the road, they always take me by surprise. And when the light is dulling. Yeah. And you make that worse for yourself by running so many miles that you're out running all day long. <laughs> well, there's... When I talk, sometimes people think, well, if it's all so bad and so 
dangerous and all these sort of things. Why are, they, why are you doing it? <laughs> and uh, that's a very good question. I'd, yeah, asking the question of myself here. But, but uh, it, uh, it's uh, I've lost my way now. Yeah, you see, well, you got to the big question, and I'm not sure if you're going to know the answer until you've done the juggle. It's, you know, it does seem that you're taking on essentially a, a huge challenge. I think we should go slightly further back in the story. I mean, have you always been uh, a keen runner or is it something you picked up no, I've, later on? I've run ever since I left school. Yeah. Or when I was at school. I'm 63 now, so that's quite a few years. Yeah. I have... Slowed down a little bit. Yeah. but uh, Not that much, I can attest. <laughs> but uh, I can still keep going. Yeah. But uh, I spent, when I left school, most of my running was just casual social running with a, the mate or yep. just doing it, going out for three or four miles. And then when triathlons were becoming the, the in thing to do. Yeah. I thought I'd have a go at it. Yeah. And I started at the sprint distance, then Olympic, then middle distance. Then I, I did some full Ironman. Wow. And I was... And were you equally happy running, cycling and swimming or was there... Yeah, I was happy, but I wasn't. Unfortunately, cycling, most Ironmen are won and lost on yeah. the bike. Right. And you didn't have the pace. I was a strong swimmer and runner. Yeah. But my bike was not good. Yeah. And I always spent my run trying to catch up. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was training for uh, my fourth Ironman where I had a bit of an accident uh-huh. and uh, I've no idea how what happened. Were you, were you on your own? I was with a group thankfully right and uh, I sustained multiple broken bones. Wow. Wrist, so when you say a bit of an accident you really... Wrist, hands yeah. My cheekbone and eye socket are all held together with titanium plates wow. and uh, I had a brain hemorrhage Good broken luck. ribs and, and other stuff Yeah, and uh, it was at that point that I'd noticed my handwriting had gone a little bit strange, I was slowing my handwriting was becoming slower. Yeah. And certain combinations of letters were harder to construct. I claim here. Yeah, yep. And uh, it just happened at the same time that I had my accident. I don't know whether there's any... You don't know if it was the connection, connection. or just the fact that you were looking kind of thing. Yeah. Check this bump. But uh, it's a long story, but after numerous visits to my GP... Yeah, and neurologists. Those immortal words, you have got Parkinson's. Yeah, were uttered to me. How long ago was this? About three and a half years ago. Yeah, and 
be honest though, Rob, I already knew. Yes. It was no surprise. No, I think that a lot of people think that that diagnosis is, you know, 100% bad news. But really, when you know something's wrong, the diagnosis is liberating because you can start working out where you're at and what to do, can't you? It's, it's well, for me, I mean, everyone's journey's different, but yep. I had a lot of my sense of smell and taste have, uh, have gone. Yep. I didn't realise it at the time, but it was going as well. Yeah. But my wife was away on business Yeah. one day, one evening, and uh, I... Uh, I was sitting watching Only Fools and Horses, as it happened, yeah. on the television. Yeah. And uh, just sitting there, all of a sudden my, my arm jolted right off its own accord. Yeah. And started to tremor quite significantly. Yeah. And I thought it was just a trapped nerve. I wasn't unduly worried, but uh, I thought it would clear yeah. the, the next day. But uh, but it didn't. It didn't. So, and I've had it ever since. Yeah. And most of the time, 98% of the time, yeah, it's just an irritant and I can deal with it. But a couple of percent of the time, it, uh, it does sort of get me down a bit. Yeah, yeah. You just want to break from it kind of thing. Yeah. Let's, we're going to cross here and then go left. I had right. a end up in the bike lane. I had a funny story because when I uh, first was diagnosed, yeah, I went to get my hair cut, and this lovely and very attractive young girl was cutting my hair. Yeah, and I had one of these smocks over me to stop the hair from going all over my clothes. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I had my hand under the smock. <laughs> I think I see where this is going. And uh, it was beginning to tremor. Yep. And it looked like I was doing something inappropriate. <laughs> yes. And I could see the look on her face changing from very happy, smiley to being quite concerned. Yeah. But the penny didn't drop. I didn't make the connection. <laughs> and then all of a sudden... Being a little bit slow, I realised and I apologised profusely. I said, oh, I'm really sorry. You must be thinking what I'm thinking. And then I explained I had Parkinson's. Yeah. And she was, she was okay. She must have been quite relieved. Yeah. <laughs> so now, when I, have, when I meet someone for the first time, I like to try and volunteer the, the fact that I've got Parkinson's. Oh, that's really good. Because it... Stops me thinking, what are they thinking? That's right, and I think also, you know, I still think people's perception of Parkinson's, I think in my, in the last few years, people's uh, society's understanding of what Parkinson's is and where it's at has got a lot better, a lot more people know about it, and their response is more sophisticated. But I still think that it's kind of a, uh, it's a mixed bag of, quite subtle symptoms isn't it from for a for a stranger well and i think that you know it, sometimes people are like might think that oh a tremor is parkinson's or 
all kinds of things. But just like you say, being, I don't know, being slower moving in different times, slower moving is a strange example to use with you as we rattle along the Bayswater Road. But it is a, uh, it's kind of a, presents slightly differently in all the different people who've got Parkinson's, doesn't it? Well, uh, you put it quite well because... I'm a member of a Parkinson's group, a local group. Yeah. And I was chatting with the lady that runs it. And there's about 40 symptoms associated with Parkinson's. You can have any one of different combination of them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can explain to someone that I have this and this and this. But... That only explains half the story because it's very hard to explain the mental, psychological yeah. impact. And the only people that really understand the Parkinson's sufferer is another Parkinson's sufferer. Yeah. I think you were saying just before we were before we started recording that it just it fundamentally change your outlook you know in, in terms of being out and about just how you feel about being out in the world is is different to how it used to be I mean I'm, I'm trying to quote you here but you should <laughs> you should tell me again because you were saying that you're just you know you're less comfortable coming out basically more prone to anxiety and less comfortable in crowds you know that you're well there's more likely to fall over it's not really very straightforward because uh, the it's take a while. <laughs> oh no, there's stuff in there. That's good. Watch out for this double curve with the bike lane. He said it's uh, not very straightforward. Well, on the one hand, I find being out in the fresh air and. Uh, the beautiful countryside, which I'm very lucky to live in. Yeah. And uh, you often, I mean, I lived in Bolton for 15 years. Yeah. And I've done the same routes year and year and years and years and years of it, doing the same route. And I can still, after all that, find something else I've never seen before. Yes, it's just like a little something or other. Yeah. And uh, and I still take in the countryside. I think it was during the last lockdown, the first one, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, it's a big farming community where I come from. Yeah. And I don't know why, but the farmers weren't doing anything with the land. I see. Just letting it go to seed. And uh, I was running along. And I just saw this field with a sea of wildflowers in colours wow. textures. And, and I'm not a great one for that sort of thing, but I had to stop yeah, and just take it in. And I only got that experience because I was out running. Yeah. No, and I think that... I was just saying last week on the show that I think lockdown really exacerbated that when it's, you know, for runners, that feeling that it's the one thing you could do and get out and do was great in and of itself. 
and it really led to just such an appreciation of our space. Absolutely. Well, I noticed that before COVID, you'd rarely see another runner. Occasionally, but not very often. Yeah. But when COVID came, the numbers of runners increased significantly. Yeah, people claiming their exercise via the medium of running. Of course, I think people always think running is going to be this really tough thing. And for some people, it is. But I think there must be huge numbers of people who got, did a bit of running because they thought, oh, I might as well, and found, you know, something beautiful. Well, I think it's just my opinion. Yeah. But uh, when anyone goes out running, they may not be fit, they may be slightly overweight, or they may not look the part, they may be incredibly slow. But to me, that's really good. Yeah. Because they're doing something about it. Yes. And they're remaining active. That's right. And an even more um, simple level, they're just moving their body out in the world, you know, and that's, that's just a beautiful thing. doesn't matter, like you say, going right back to the beginning, it can be very easy to start to obsess about pace and distance, but really it's, it's just the fact that we're out there that counts the most. Yeah. Having said that, let's get back to you running from John O'Groats to Land's End. Yeah. <laughs> So you're doing that for Parkinson's UK? Yeah. That's, well, there's three reasons, really. One is to raise money for Parkinson's UK. Yep. Uh, and the second one is when you're diagnosed, recently diagnosed with Parkinson's, there's a danger that you can think your world is over. Yeah. It's the end. Yeah, well with me. And I just want to try and communicate through my example, if I can do it, yep. is that you can do anything you want if you put your mind to it. Yeah, yeah. The only limitation is the limits you put on it. Yes. And I'm not nothing special. I'm not, a, I'm not an elite athlete. There are plenty of runners far quicker than me. Yeah. But I've got a dogged determination to complete my challenge. Yeah, I think dogged determination in and of itself is a massive and hugely underrated skill. <laughs> well, I could be just using it well. Pig-headed. And so I want to just make, make the point that it isn't the end of the world. You can still do amazing things. Yeah, great. You just got to have the drive and the resilience and desire to to do it. And then the third thing, yep, selfish thing. But I want to prove to myself that I can do it. Yeah, for my own personal reasons. Good, really good. And have you done anything like it before since those uh, Ironman triathlons? I've done a couple of ultras. Yeah. And and uh, funnily enough, I find ultras because it's not about 
I don't have any aspirations to win. It's about competing. Yes. And doing the distance. Yeah. So. I think psychologically that's really useful, isn't it? Again, it's something that we've talked about a lot on the show. I think that Paul in particular is, is a really fast runner moving, you know, who's probably over the distances that he's concerning himself with may have got all his PBs. So I was trying to like the idea of an ultra because you can shift into just running, you know. You're in competition. If you're in competition with, the, with anything, you're in competition with the distance. Yes. And everything else is about being good to yourself. It's appropriate to walk some of it. It's appropriate to go as slow as you like. It's appropriate to eat. You know what I mean? And I think that, that for, the, uh, for somebody who's watched the clock before, that's a really useful reset, isn't it? And if running 30 miles in one go <laughs> is the necessary move to change that mindset, then maybe yeah. that's a useful step. We just, by the way, got to the kind of apex of our little run. We've gone along through Hyde Park, along Rotten Road to Admiralty Arch, all up the Park Lane side, then left at Marble Arch, all along the north side of the park, through from Hyde Park into Kensington Gardens. And that's where we are now, about to go past Kensington Palace, in case you're wondering. I've no idea where I am. <laughs> have you run in Hyde Park before? No, I haven't. Uh, I worked in London for nearly 40 years in Covent Garden and Soho. Right. Uh, what did you do there? I worked in advertising. Right. And uh, I did work... I first moved to London in Knightsbridge in what was it's now gone Bowater House. Oh yeah, and uh, but yeah, that's I pretty close across to here. here and have a walk in my lunch hour. Yeah, but when you're younger, you see things through different eyes. Yeah, I think often you don't even know where you are in quite the same way because you build a map slowly over time, you know? Is that the Serpentine? Um, this is the, uh, the Round Pond, which is older than the Serpentine. It's uh, Serpentine's... We passed it earlier on, it's in Hyde Park, and then oh, right. comes under the, the bridge and turns into something else in Kensington Gardens. There's fountains went past at the top of it. This is, so this is Kensington Gardens? This is Kensington Gardens, and it's just on the right, can't quite see it yet, is Kensington Palace. And then out front of it, there's the Round Pond, which actually was considered to look really natural and lifelike when they did it. And then they said, you know what, though? If you made a pond that was all wavy like a snake, that would be even better. Uh, be kind of serpentine. And it changed everything. But the round pond is gorgeous because it's engineered that the, uh, the yeah, land drops away from it. So you can see you're right, considering we're really in the heart of London. There's loads of sky and space in about 200 yards. We'll have Kensington Palace on our right and then a view straight across the pond to town on our left. I like, uh, we've had, we, you know, obviously pre-COVID, we've had weekends away in, uh, in London. And yeah, I love, well, I'm an early way riser. Another Parkinson's. Right, yeah, trade. yeah. It's, uh, I'm often up at three and four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But that's a 
something good you're saying I love yeah and I love running along the river yeah in the morning when it's quiet yeah and my little indulgence because I'm not racing or anything is there's a nice little coffee shop yeah midway stop quick cup of coffee yep and carry on and how kind of far would you do of a morning in that way uh Six or seven miles, maybe. Yeah. Nothing too... Nothing better, really. Nothing too demanding. About maybe an hour's running. Lots of water and sky and greenery. It's, uh, it's the way forward, isn't it? So going back to the challenge. Starts on the 18th. Your route is set, so you know how long it's going to take. I know it's, it, I feel like I should... I should know this coming in, but how, how far is it? Well, at the moment, it's just short of 900 miles. Ah. And, uh, but each day when I finish a marathon, I'll study the maps. And if there's another route that it can avoid the A roads, yep. I'm a little bit apprehensive and concerned about some of the roads with heavy traffic on and uh yeah sure and you were saying that if someone's running with you through Glasgow will you be running alone a lot of the time well my running club has promised me several runners at various points will run with me yeah and because my social media has gone quite active yeah I've had a lot of people asking me for for details and terms of where I'm going to be at whatever I think time. you might find you're getting a few more of those after this episode of Running Commentary goes out. <laughs> I will hope so anyway. More the merrier. <laughs> and as I say to people, you don't have to, there's no, it's not compulsory to run the whole marathon. You can just run a mile and peel off. Yeah, yeah. It's just as much as you feel comfortable with doing. And, uh, Everyone is welcome, really. Oh, that's the only thing I would say is that I might not be very talkative. Yes. Well, that is fair enough. No, I think you want people's company, but you don't necessarily have to chat. Yeah. Going back again to my uh, virtual marathon, I had kind of... It's so strange when you do a formal marathon because you pass people on the sidelines and just give them a beleaguered wave, and that's fine. But when people came out for the virtual marathon... I felt, I felt guilty that I wasn't stopping for coffee, let alone <laughs> I actually don't chatting. even know what a virtual marathon is. Oh, well, basically we did it on, the day, on, a, on a given day, and you had to run the marathon within that 24 hours. And what evidence do you need to submit? They had an app. So the, one, the marathon app kind of ran concurrently with one's own app, and it basically measured it for you. And then oh, right. it's quite clever because it ties in with does like mile announcements and things for you you know so you're it's very nicely done because you're running with the other runners in a very real sense even if you're right. not on exactly the same timetable and you know where I mean some people literally did it round and round in their back garden you know but it is it's very clever technology and uh, imperfect and looking forward to the real thing but I think that it has to go uh, be taken as red 
uh, people who <laughs> join you <laughs> don't expect anything from you. I just feel like a bit of a hypocrite because I've just made you tell your life story whilst running around the park. Ah, no, that's different. <laughs> I'm normally... I mean, if someone had said to me a couple of years ago I'd be doing this, I'd say on your bike. Because <laughs> by nature I'm fairly private yeah. and quite shy. So for me to be blurting out my life story to a relative stranger yeah. is very unlike me. But... Uh, but it feels, I mean, not necessarily the bit about telling us your life story, but it, it feels right, doesn't it? I think your reasons, yeah. your three reasons for doing this would, would speak to anybody, really. Because like you say, it isn't Parkinson's for a start. That diagnosis is not an endpoint in any way. Again, you see why people would think it would be, but it isn't, you know, it's just something you live with. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You know, and it's, of course, if you're going to prove that to people, then you've got to shout it from the rooftops, you know? So I think it's really great. But I think also it's, it's personal, isn't it? It's not like you're staging a political rally. No. It's still ultimately just you and your run and And uh, again I think people will understand that and also there's been some some amazing responses and messages from 
complete strangers from not just the UK, but from all over the world. And uh, believe it or not, I don't understand why. I've got a, quite a following in Arkansas, in America. <laughs> okay. No idea why. No, you don't know how that kicked yeah. off. But quite a few people follow me there, and um, there's some oh, no, inspirational that's next, characters. There's that's a, the next challenge, is you're going to run to Arkansas. I don't even know where it is <laughs> in America, but... Uh, well, yeah, I can give you the details there. It's in the middle. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's in the middle. I don't know. I've got no oh, idea. Oh, deep s sort of... Uh, right, yes, I've got a picture of it now. <laughs> well, that's the next mystery, isn't it? Where, why did... Uh, I wonder if anyone from Arkansas will come and see you on, the, uh, on your uh, juggle. I bet they well, will. Well, I was trying to find if there was a facility on Strava to give a sort of live reading of where you are. Yeah, but I was going to say, because you don't want to have the trouble of having to kind of uh, register it as you go. But equally, it'd be nice if people can follow you and see where you've got to. Yeah, but I don't know whether that technology, I'm sure it does exist. It's just finding it and, well... So there you go. We've done. It was almost exactly four miles. So that's that's oh, well good. done. And uh, and I have to say, I, you know, I don't want to blow uh, smoke, but you're you you know great running. You're running at a good pace, nice and steady. I hope that your if if your long run is anything like that, then uh, well, it'll that's be absolutely great. That's what I would do. I think ten or fifteen miles of that sort yeah. of pace, and um, maybe temper it slightly if I'm going further, but. Um, I'd say it must be difficult, like you say, when your coach wants you to go slower, because I feel, even when we started off, I know that you, I can feel that you've got a very steady, you know, lock into a nice rhythm, which is what you want to do, won't you? You want to set well, a rhythm and let it run all day. That's very, very interesting you say that, because I've been working really hard to maintain a consistent pace. Mm -hmm. Because the trouble with our part of the world is there's so many hills. Right. You get into a pace and you reach a, reach a hill. And then you have to change your whole running style yeah, and tempo. Lose your rhythm. Otherwise, you you won't get up the hill. Yeah, and burn so all your energy. Running on somewhere like this, this flat surface, you can get into a rhythm and maintain it, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, you can kind of forget you're running for yeah. periods of time, and that's yeah. what you need. Well, I should imagine quite a lot of Britain will be like that. You know, it's a nice. I suppose it's a uh, you know a positive attitude. But some places will be exciting because they're up and down, and other places will be nice because they'll be flat. Well, I've been reliably informed that the <laughs> county that's going to give me the most of a, the biggest challenge is Devon. Right. And apparently, some of the hills there are are um, rather challenging. Yeah, I believe the technical term for Devon is all up. All up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, does your route take you through Northumberland? Because that's very, very flat. Uh, I go from. Um, Glasgow, down to a place called Big R. Big oh, yeah. R. I don't yeah, know yeah. how you pronounce that. Yeah. And then from the Big R to Carlisle. And then from Carlisle down through the lakes. Yeah. And then from the lakes down into the West Midlands. And from the West Midlands. I, I have made a slight miscalculation, uh, unfortunately, because I wanted to stay one night in my own bed in Borton on the Water. Yeah. Uh, and I worked it so that we could arrive from Bewdley, which is... Um, 47 miles from Borton on the Water and I miscalculated it at 26 <laughs> and anyway, we booked all the campsites all my dear partner has and um, unfortunately uh, we can't change any of the bookings so for four of the I've got to somehow find those extra miles yeah. somewhere else and I'm going to have to run the four marathons before Borton 
will now be 32 miles. Oh, gosh. So, it's like you set yourself up to really earn that night in your own bed, isn't it? That's yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be... Yeah, it's, it's going to be welcome. It's going to. I mean, we've got a lovely camper van, which will be home for 34 days. So I'm not exactly roughing it. And also, from what we hear, just uh, Rochelle Woodcock doing 10 marathons in 10 days. It's amazing how, and you were saying that, that in your life and with Parkinson's, that you don't, that you get up early in the morning. I think that you'll get a surprisingly little amount of sleep, at least at first. I think sometimes uh, when the body is recovering. To be honest, Rob, I mean, I've got no idea how my sleep patterns are going to pan out no. I, I, I don't want to sound negative but I, I, I think I'm going to be um, having a problem with sleep Yeah. Uh, and uh, sometimes I, I actually don't know how I do it because I'm very often awake at 4 o'clock in the morning Yeah. I'll go downstairs, turn the radio on or BBC News and watch the news and then go out running at 9 o'clock and do 10-15 miles and you can only go for so long without sleep before your body starts to say hang on, I need some proper sleep because rest and recovery is probably most likely when you're sleeping. Yeah. You need sleep to recover. And that's unfortunately a big problem I have. Yeah. So I'm going to have to play it a bit by ear and just... Well, like I say, if you've got the camper van, then at least if you need to sleep for a couple of hours in the day, you hopefully have somewhere yeah. to bed down. Well, Nikki, when I come in from my run, will say, right, shoes off. Then she gives me some either scrambled egg on toast or whatever. And then she's right bed and yep. she's quite firm. And so I go up and lie in sleep for a couple of hours. And that does make a big difference. Yeah. Um, but I know there's going to be a problem with sleep. And it's something I've talked to my coach about yeah. quite, a, quite a few times. Well, like you say, as long as uh, it's, you say you're being negative, but at least recognising it might happen is the first step. So well, you that's don't how panic I when you yeah, don't sleep. You yeah, because if you have a problem, there's no point sort of pretending it's not there. You've got to sort of deal with it and have a strategy to yeah factor it to in. sort of uh, deal with it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I'm trying to do with sleep. But unfortunately, there's not much. I, I don't want to take sleeping tablets. That's a complete no-no. Yeah. And most of the natural remedies don't really work. The only thing that's got closest to, to working is Horlicks. Right. Not. But I'm not actually massively keen on it. <laughs> Sorry, Horlicks. <but. laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a shame, though, because it's, you know, again, it could be great advertising, but, you know, yeah. you might have to pretend you like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to edit that one and, uh, and uh, make out that I haven't said what I said. Yeah, we'll get you sponsored by Horlicks. Yeah. Other milky bedtime drinks are available, I won't say, but I don't think they yeah. are. I can't think of any others. Actually, hot chocolate is something uh, we need to try a bit more, I think, and see whether that has any yeah. um, benefits for sleep. But, but no, um, sleep is a worry for me. Um, but again, it's a Parkinson's thing, and, uh, and uh, I, I take each day as it comes and see whether uh, and, and just try and rest whenever I can. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you've got you've got good shoes. You've got new and different shoes. A variety of uh, well, I've got a, I think you're using. I've got about I won't say how many, but I've got about eight pairs of trainers in total yep. to take with me. Um, Three will be my Hocker Carbons, which will be the principal running shoe that I'll be using. But if, for whatever reason, I need to change, I've got other backup yep. shoes, which uh, I know work for me. But, that's uh, good. That's that's, uh, that, I'm thinking of things that are going to be important. That's going to be important, isn't well, it? The, the other thing that is a slight concern is visibility and being being seen. Yes. I've got bright some brightly coloured running T-shirts. Um, which work to a point, but when you've got your ultra vest on, like you've got on yourself, 
yeah. it tends to cover it up. So I need to be like a Belisha beacon. I need to be yeah. glowing almost and highly visible. Yeah, if they weren't so heavy, I would recommend having a traffic cone on top of your head. <laughs> People might think you're just a student heading home. That's the but, only trouble uh, with that plan. But uh, yeah, so being seen and being visible is something I've still got to maybe work on and try and do better. Yeah, at least it's... Uh, you know, in the middle of summer and you won't be, hopefully, in the sort of depths, you won't be, the conditions won't necessarily work against you. We're about to be passed by I hope quite so. an exciting uh, group of people. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, like you say, we'll have to see if there's some way we can actually track you um, on your actual journey. But until then, where are you, what's your, um, where can people kind of sponsor you or see what you're doing? Is it well, I have a Just Giving page, uh-huh. which... I should know the uh, address details for, which I don't off the top of my head. No, that's okay. We'll uh, find it and pass it on. But I think it's neil.o.russell, I think, but that needs to be double-checked. So um, there's that. And what was the other question? Well, people can find you on Facebook and things. Well, uh, you can find me on Facebook and, uh, in- and Instagram. Yep. Um, and uh, Strava. Oh, um, of course, Strava. So when I'm actually running Joggle, you'll be able to see where I start from and where I finish. But you won't be able to live track me unless there's a way of doing it that I don't know of. Um, yeah. So if anybody knows. I think a few running commentary drones and helicopters are going to fly in above you, like, like, like the news teams in an old American film. Uh, yeah. Digga, 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 digga. <laughs> my, He's my, approaching my, bigger. My, my budgets uh, have been stretched to the, to the limit, unfortunately. So um, I'm having to be a bit careful with... Yeah. With, with funding, but um, yeah, uh, so yeah, Strava. Uh, so when I finish each day, you'll be able to uh, see uh, on the Strava page where I actually finish. Then I'll be picked up, taken back to my campsite, um, and then in the morning I'll be taken back to the point where I finished. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then. And I'll be very, very strict on, on that. So you're creating a solid line from so a solid line, line no it. gaps. And then I'll start where I was uh, picked up from the night before. Yeah. And then uh, 26.2 miles, I will stop regardless of where I am. I won't be doing a foot more or a yard more. Except for those four days before your house. Except for those four before the house, which is 30, 31, 32 miles. Yeah. And I kick myself for making such a silly schoolboy error there. It's... Um, James, my coach, hasn't got so much of a problem with it. He said, if you can do 26 miles, you can do 32 miles. Yeah. It's a mindset thing. And uh, on the mindset thing, apparently, not many people have actually attempted to run Joggle. uh, But the few that have, uh, the majority have dropped out. And those that have dropped out have not dropped out for physical reasons, for injury or whatever. It's mainly psychological, mental Mm -hmm. reasons why they just basically having a they, they just don't want to do it anymore yeah and uh my problem is not the physical one it, it is the mental one it's it's when you're having a bad day mm-hmm. and uh you your body's saying i've had enough i want to quit i just want to go home and pretend it's all a horrible nightmare and uh you've got to somehow still keep challenging your body and pushing your body and yeah. Get, well, it's like going through the wall when you're doing a marathon, isn't yeah. it? Really? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. You, yeah. you have to sort of have this internal dialogue with yourself and keep convincing yourself that you can do it, that you can do it. And there's a number of strategies that I'm working on with my coach to help me in those moments when I'm having big doubts and mm-hmm. concerns and worries and fears and 
I've just had enough. Uh, yeah, I think recognizing that that's the issue is the, is the is the main thing, isn't it? It's not the run; it's the it's where your head's going to be at yeah. on the run. Yeah, and that you know, I, I I think I'm mentally strong. Yeah, but time will tell. Yeah. Well, I feel. I mean, it's so easy for me to say, but I I have complete faith. I you know, uh, I, think, <laughs> I think something in your decision to do it is, is it, that is the seed that says you're going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Well. When the neurologist said that you've got Parkinson's, the thought was sort of in the background of my head even then. And it took me a little while to... I just thought, well, I'm not getting any younger and, and if I'm ever going to do it, I have to do it soon um, or I'll never do it at all. Yeah. But I couldn't do it without Nikki's um, agreement yeah. because when you're in a relationship and, and it's so time-demanding... Yeah, um, you you wouldn't be able to do it in the mile the, the the time it takes to go out training and all that lot. So um, when I mentioned it to her, I said, well, "What do you think about?" and explained to what I was proposing to do. She said, "Go for it." And, yeah. uh And I have. And yes, I you really and, have. Uh, and, and you'll uh, do it. We believe. Well, I hope so. I, I think so. so. And if you don't, it'll be a hell of a story to tell. No, I think it's going to be brilliant. And, you know, we'll all be right behind you. Actually behind you. I mean, I was behind you today, mainly, with that pace you were setting. So <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, I, I was, uh, I've been accused of looking at my watch too many times when I'm out running. And uh, I'm doing that to sort of keep my pace at a constant, constant level. Um, but today, I, I, I wasn't doing that. So I, I didn't really know what, what pace we'll be running at. Um, oh, I don't know. I can tell you. We did four miles around Hyde Park and uh, we were running at, you have to bear with me this day, uh, 9 minute 24 was our average pace per mile. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's, right? that's, that's not... Um, that's not too bad at all, is it? I mean, it's not, it's not that fast. I don't know why I was going no. on about it. Maybe it's just we had a big lunch. <laughs> So that's really good. Well, I think that um, yeah. thanks so much for coming here today. I do hope, I think you said you're going out running another five tomorrow. So I hope that your coach doesn't hate me now for, for dragging no. you around the park. No, actually, uh, <laughs> I, I have to give him an awful lot of credit uh, because when I was ultra training, I reached a sort of a level, a plateau where I plateaued out and I could run and run and run and do miles and miles and miles of running, but I could never seem to get any quicker. Yep. It just wouldn't happen. And so I just sort of resigned myself to the fact that that's my optimum speed and, and uh, stamina levels and all these sort of things. And um, what James has done is introduced the whole aspect of rest and recovery into yep. my program, into my training a lot more. And um, I didn't realize, but when you're not actually training, it's still training because you're allowing your body to recover from the previous run. Yeah, And it took a long time for me to to get that message. Yeah, it's something that comes up a lot. I think we as runners, it's very, it's like a new thought, the idea that rest is going to help the run. And yet in other disciplines, people do it all the time. Yeah. People I talk to who do uh, muscle fitness, yeah. always, they, 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 they lift or whatever and then they rest. And the two things, are, for them, they're two sides of the same coin. But well, for, it, for runners, you kind of have to be, you basically, like say, you need someone else, you need a James. You, you need someone you who, who can basically from experience I think that's the key thing that they have where they've done it themselves so they know what they're talking about yeah and you can trust um, them. having having confidence in their judgment and their decisions mm -hmm. um, I was a little apprehensive at the beginning but um, when I could sort of feel a little bit stronger and a little bit more had a little bit more pace and stamina mm -hmm. it, you know it was all down to his 
anyway, I'm I'm spent. No, my, yeah, you don't. My, 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 my Parkinson's has has uh, told me that he's uh, exhausted. I think what you're telling me is that you need some scrambled eggs and then to go to sleep. Is that is that where you're at now in in your schedule? No, a Magnum. A Magnum. Okay, let's go. Let's. Well, the sun's come out. Let's take one more photo and then I'll let you get a Magnum. And and uh, frankly, we're not running a marathon today, and neither should we. There you're in the, that's it. Oh, I can't see that now. Sun's so bright. There we go. Well, thanks so much for running no, with well, me no, today. Thank, thank you, Rob. I mean, it's been a pleasure. And uh, and I, I, I love listening to your podcast. I'm not just saying that because you're here standing in front of me. I mean, they are. I find them genuinely amusing. And as I said to you earlier, if something can make me laugh, then it's got to be funny <laughs> and amusing because not many things do. So, Well, uh, maybe if we can orchestrate things right, we can get a laugh out of you somewhere halfway <laughs> from John O'Groats Land's End. That would be fantastic. You know, you're always welcome to come and do some training. Mind you, my training's now sort of tapered down a bit. So uh, We'll have to try um, and come and find you out on the route. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, these school groups going past all the time. He started clapping. I thought he was telling me to go on with it. So, yeah, brilliant. Good luck. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.